This week on Rotten or Righteous, we asked the question, have you ever chopped down Christmas trees on Kwanzaa around New Hampshire? start <sighs> hello and welcome to rotten or righteous with hello me, with me today is luke taylor and scott judge hi and I'm what's zach up i'm zach what's the point <laughs> in the words of edgar Allan poe thank heaven the crisis the danger is past and the lingering illness is over at last and the fever called living is conquered at last. <laughs> Luke, we must go on. Man. We must proceed. Not all of us are survivors. Whoever Poe wrote that poem for is better off than I am this week. <laughs> oh, Thank you for coming. Downtrodden. Thank Melancholy. You. Any other adjectives? I just, it's just, it's pathetic. It's just horrible. Thank you for you coming. Need to, you need to be excited. I would love to finish this intro. Thank you for coming and spending some of your precious life with us. I'm sorry if it's not enough of a distraction for the fact that all of our lives are inevitably nothing more than a slow walk to a deep grave, while those above continue living and our memory is quickly driven from the minds of those who knew us. Life is a joke. The world is lost. There is no hope. This week we watched The Existential Crisis disguised as a movie called Christmas in Mississippi. Before we actually get into the movie, I would like to remind you, you can stay up to date on the latest R&R news by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash righteous. We're now on Instagram, so if you want to follow us, search for R-O-R-R Media. Subscribe to our show and get new episodes as soon as they release on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and give us a quick review and five stars. It really helps us reach a larger audience. And if you like the show, tell someone about it. If you have a suggestion for a movie or television show you'd like us to review, or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or snide remarks, I don't care, you can reach us at rottenorrighteous at gmail.com or on Facebook Messenger. Please visit our website, rottenorrighteous.com, and see what's going on over there. Also, stay tuned just a bit after the closing music for a piece of something that had to be cut from the main show but was clean enough that we could still let you listen to it and not be ashamed. <laughs> hey, is there, is there like a store for Rotten or Righteous? Are the, uh, are the action figures out yet? Got any like blankets, t-shirts, hats, pins, posters? Well, I'm only halfway through a 50-pound bag of potatoes that I'm drawing faces on to sell as your action figure. But as soon as I'm done, I'll let you know. We can start selling those. Hey, this is Zach from the future in a much better mood than I was when we recorded this. Here to remind you that at the end of the show, make sure you stay tuned because our wives are going to come on and give us their thoughts, seeing as they were the ones that recommended we watch this movie. All right, back to the show. Let's just dive right into this abomination. I want to go away. I don't want to do this anymore. I quit. The movie opens up with this girl walking into town, and she's clearly edgy and from the city because of the terrible rock music playing and the leather jacket she's wearing. She's also a photographer because she took four unsolicited photos of people just trying to live their lives. 
She was sneaky clearly, with that, though. Clearly, she is inconsiderate and has no problem invading people's privacy. Don't make assumptions. Wow. I think street photography is a synonym for justifiable homicide. Have you ever seen street street photography, which is like a very well-respected form of photography, Zach? That's a thing. You don't need people's consent to take she photos of She snaps like them. four pictures, one of which includes a zombie child that chomps down on a mall Santa's thigh. That's true. That doesn't make any sense. And she also finds a stuffed reindeer on the ground, and instead of trying to see if there's a distraught child around her, she just stuffs it in her bag. She doesn't call out one time. She looks to the left almost, and then just is like, all right, clearly no kids around. Oh, this wow. is a horrible movie. Did we watch the same movie? If you found a stuffed animal on the street, would you <laughs> yell out, Who's I've got this? candy! Got candy and a you stuffed wouldn't. animal over here! Come, Bald guy with a big beard! Come see Uncle Zach, kids! Who Uncle wants Zach. this stuffed animal? Stuffed animals and candy! If you had hair, maybe they would be more willing to come, but I don't think they would come now. I actually look more pleasant without hair. Really? That I do with hair, is what people have said. So Can I, can, can I vote? <laughs> can we take a vote here on this show? I think that should be like a rotten or righteous poll question. Before, after. Yeah. Be- I want to know, Zach, if you had found stuffed Rudolph reindeer on the road, I wouldn't have- would you take it home, no. put it in your bag, take the time to follow no. up on a Facebook post? Negative. And find the child? I would have kicked it in a gutter. That's why your life doesn't turn out like I'd let, I'd let- Christmas in Mississippi. I'd let It the Clown have a little Rudolph toy to play with. <sighs> she makes it to her mom's house, which is decorated like a Hobby Lobby <laughs> Christmas aisle, vomited on it. And her mom tells us her name is well, Holly. It's a Christmas movie. It has Seriously? to be Holly. Holly? What was <laughs> Was the name Gingerbread too on the nose? Why not just go all the way and name the main character Tinsel Rhythmic Christmas Tree? Bah humbug! You may be visited by ghosts tonight. <laughs> the mom is happy Holly is home for Christmas for the first time in years. Also, Holly's dad's dead. We don't get any information about that, but the dude dead. kicked the bucket a while ago. And then the mom immediately invites Holly to volunteer to work at a light show, which is going to be the biggest one ever since the hurricane hit the town. All right, here's a list of things that are annoying me so far. Number one, she smiles way too much. She's got, you know, she has a beautiful <laughs> smile. I know she does. She she certainly wasn't chosen for her acting ability, oh. but she does have a nice smile. Some people have joy in their hearts, Zach. Nobody has joy in their hearts that much. Huh. It's, it's Christmas. It's 2020. Christmas has the highest suicide rates of any other time of the year. Don't tell me everyone has joy in their hearts around Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's true. No one's happy. But there Christmas was joy in this town because they haven't had the Festival of Lights in five years. Yeah, so now they have something to do. That always makes me even more grumpy. For five years, I got to stay home. And now I got to go out and do something? I'm not saying that people are happy walking down the street. I'm just saying she is. Just, she has not stopped smiling since she arose and down. Even taking pictures. Whenever I'm taking pictures of anything, and Luke can probably attest to this too, being a, a photographer and a videographer as he is, when I'm taking pictures, I'm trying to find the right angle. My tongue's, like, sticking out as I'm trying to get everything just right. I'm not sitting there smiling. Wow, but she... she. I will say that she doesn't look like she's ever used a camera before. Well, no, because <laughs> that leads me to my second thing that's annoyed me in the first 15 minutes of the movie, and that's the fact that the camera is clearly not on at 
off. <laughs> you see the lights and you see the little screen, both of which are completely blank. And then she has the gall to look at the screen on the back of the digital camera. There's no shutter. I didn't catch this. There's no shutter click. There's no lights. And then she looks at the blank screen. Like, oh, look at that picture of the child giving Santa a hug that looks like she's burying her teeth into his thigh. And then uh, the whole point of this movie, the setup, is that this, they're going to put on this light show for the first time in five years since the hurricane came. And uh, there's no evidence that this town was ever touched with a natural disaster. And you go, well, five it's years? because they spent the last no, five no, years no, rebuilding it. No, listen to it. me. Listen to me. It has been... I've looked this up because this drove me nuts. I looked this up. It has been 14 years since Katrina. And New Orleans is still recovering. You can go all over the city and still see that Katrina was there. Don't tell me that this small town was able to generate enough revenue to rebuild it in five years. And on top of that point, they mention how much money was being donated to get this light show started. It's only been five years since a hurricane decimated your town. You're telling me that taxpayer money and those donations couldn't go to help the poor and sick and needy in the congregate or in the in the community that doesn't have a house or can't put anything other than a tarp over their roof in order to keep their kids cold? No, of course not, because we have to do a spit and fish light display. You can't use Katrina. You can't use Katrina in New Orleans as your case study because that's obviously an outlier. Real quick, this movie. So, false, th listen, false. listen. This hold on, this hold on, no, I'm, I'm going to state a fact. This movie is based on an actual town who put on an actual light show ha five years after a golf or it was called a, 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 a golf golf town golf something was hit <laughs> by Hurricane Katrina. It is literally based around Hurricane Katrina. They had that rich guy who came to town and gave a bunch of money and yep. the town recovered. Exactly. And so they said, you know what we're going to do with this money? I know. Let's put on a light show. That's going to keep the poor's bellies full for the Christmas season. Nothing like some delicious hot steaming bowl of light. No, he came back earlier. So obviously some of that money went to the recovery, no, which is why they recovered no, so is, quickly. It's just stupid. Let's make some giant Christmas trees instead of helping people that actually need it. Hey, they were all well Did you fed. see any homeless people? Did you see any homeless people? Of course there? not. It's no. a lifetime movie. They, they don't want to. They were all taken care of. Have you ever been to Gulfport, Zach? No, you have not. It's exactly like it is in this movie. Holly makes it to the light show that she's been volunteered to work at, and she's surprised to see Mike there. Mike is her ex. Mike. Yeah, his name's Mike. 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 Okay. Mike. 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 I hate you both. Okay. Mike is her ex who lives in the town. And why she's surprised to see him in the town that he lives in is beyond me. But she sure is. Is that Mike? She's surprised that he's still there because he, he always talks about leaving. Yeah. Oh, Mike. What is he doing here? Let me smile. <laughs> Stupid. You're not putting the facts wow. together then we get, correctly then in this movie. You're clearly biased. No, yeah, I am. But you're talking to the guy that put the facts together for Battlefield Earth. Don't tell me I can't do it with this piece of garbage. There were no facts right. for Battlefield Earth. I still made it <laughs> one cohesive story to it. And then we get a flashback where Mike doesn't want to go to college with Holly. And since she's the most selfish person on the planet, she breaks up with him and then blames him for their breakup. He's like, I don't know if I really want to go to college. Oh, 
Well, I guess we're done then. What's wrong with that? Maybe he wanted to go to trade school. Maybe he wanted to, 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 to see some other parts of the world. Just because he doesn't want to stick around with his high school sweetheart from Gulfport, Mississippi right now and wants to go and see the rest of the world, we're supposed to see that he's a villain? No. Mike's my hero. I'm on Mike's side. Team Mike. T or Miss Mistletoe or Holly or whatever her name is can take a hike as far as I'm concerned. Did you, um, does it say that she broke up with him? Yeah, I don't remember that. I think you fabricated that fact as well. I know that she well, was mocking him at one point and said that he didn't want to be tethered to one place. Listen, mm -hmm. well, she's a photographer. She should understand that more than anybody. She is going around the world not being tethered to one place, taking pictures. My point is, her hating this guy for so many years is not, it doesn't make any sense. He dumped her. I just no. Yes. No. She's mad because he didn't pack up and go with her to to state college or whatever other made up college that was on that sweatshirt because they couldn't get the rights to a real university. He he broke up with her. <laughs> Remember, he even said that in the show. He I don't said care. the yeah, breakup was partially. He goes, "Well, it was all my fault." I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, there's all these pe people that are hanging up lights. And during this time, Holly takes one picture and then holds her camera instead of offering to help anyone. Hey. That drove me nuts. There's people lugging around heavy things. She's standing in the middle of it all, just hugging and smiling with her camera. Hey, that's, it's stupid, that, that's Holly. That's her gift. That is her gift. It's not a gift. Oh, Anybody today with a modern camera can be a photographer. Not with the eyes that Holly had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those four pictures she took at the beginning sure are going to be Pulitzer Prize winning journalism. <laughs> <laughs> or that picture of her mom holding Rudolph. Oh, that was, that was just stunning. Did, did you not like the pose? <laughs> okay, so eventually she's given the job of building a concession stand. That's a big deal. Because that's, that's totally normal. She spends days on this concession stand. Days. Everybody else is building, building like lights to, to rival Las Vegas, and she's sitting there spending 37 hours on a concession stand. And first of all, what kind of small town festival builds a concession stand to use one time? Although you still use it again. No, no, you, you, no, they will not. Next hurricane comes, new concession stand's going to be needed oh, in five geez. years. Hey, how long did it take you to build your pulpit? Like a day and a half. Okay. So, a day and a half, that's 24 plus 12 hours. Where I had... That's 26 no, hours. No, no, I'm sorry. You want, do you want the hours? It took <laughs> nope, me six not hours. Now. <laughs> it took me six hours I to build. I don't want them at all. Over the course hey, of a day hey, and a are half. Are you going to use... Did you waste your time building your pulpit? Because the next earthquake that comes along, you know, it's just going to be destroyed and you're going to have to build That's exactly one. what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this building has fallen down so many times since it was built in the 1800s that, oh, I don't even know why I bother. <laughs> You know, well, you, you know how you know how they don't. You know, they're like, why do I want to live in a house? It's just going to get blown over next hurricane, so I'll just live in a tent. We're talking about a concession no, stand. This is dumb. Don't tell me uh, that this is smart because it's not. It's dumb. Where do you? They have the they have the the flash forward to a year after this, and guess what? Yeah. They're still using the concession. And when stand. you go no, to they're using concession stand point two, it actually turns into a transformer when you chuck a sticky bun at when it. When you go to fairs, where do you go buy your food? Is there a concession stand there? 
I this isn't a fair. This is a light show that a small town is putting on. I'm telling you what they have. They have the same thing that every single small town festival has, and that's a white folded table, something like what my desk is made out of, with a bunch of baggies full of baked goods. The concession stand is dumb. I do not care. You can argue it all you want. It's dumb. Moving on. Do you buy snacks from a guy on a white table? At a fair or at like a little light thing? Yeah. Yeah, see, but if you had, like, a full-on stand, people buy more. They trust you more because you look like you're permanent and legit. Literally everyone in this town knows everybody, and they know what everyone's doing. Hey, and we got to... No, this draws a lot of visitors from Yeah, we got to blow it through the roof because this hasn't happened in five years. This is a big deal. No, it's not. Need a concession stand. Uh, but as Holly is trying to build this concession stand... This annoying little kid comes up and helps her because Holly Holly is just too helpless to hammer a nail in. Annoying? How yeah. is Jack annoying? And you know what? I actually feel bad for the kid because in 90% of the scenes, if you look in his eyes, you can tell that his mom's standing just off to the side with a belt saying, you better get this right. <laughs> Good Maybe he's just a well-behaved kid. I know that, you know, that wouldn't resonate with your upbringing, but... Here, here. Be the case. First of all, do not do not say my upbringing. Do not blame my parents for my behavior. They had very little <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> oh, hey! But then we need to do we, well, another show after this one, so we can relate the true facts of the movie. No. There are some serious lies going on here. There's literally very few, if any, lies going on here. There may have been a little bit of a slant, but I'm telling the truth. A little bit standard, of a slant. Anyways. That's always my standard when preaching. There may be a few or a little bit of lying I'm going sorry, on. I'm sorry. Mostly I, this I'm is not, the truth. I'm not comfortable equating uh, reviewing this movie with preaching God's word. Oh, I am. Okay. Anyway, this, this is Mississippi. This is like God's country. This kid comes up. She's amused by him. She goes, where'd you learn all this stuff? And he's like, my dad. And then she watched the kid run over to Mike, who's in the middle of hugging a black woman named Betty. Then Holly makes Betty. so many <laughs> dumb assumptions in a row that could have been settled by asking one or two simple questions or just looking something up on Facebook. It's disgusting. First is the dumbest one of them all because she thinks Betty is Mike's wife and the kid is their child. Well, his child. I'm not a geneticist by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but this little kid and Mike are whiter than Christmas snow. <laughs> Betty is a beautiful African-American woman. In what world does Mike and Betty have a kid and it doesn't pop out this beautiful little mixed baby, but instead turns into uh, 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 Pippi Longstocking's brother. Maybe they adopted. And no. I think she thought it was no. Mike's kid. No. She thought Mike and Betty were together. Yes. But just because two people are together, that but doesn't then, mean that if you have I, a child, it came from that union. This set of assumptions was... Uh, was not uh, super well built out. But then again, I'm not sure the movie really cared. Like, oh, I was trust me, to be funny. I, I know that this movie didn't care. From start to finish, <laughs> this truer words, that should have been on the poster. Christmas in Mississippi, we don't care. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, she is. So the kid's like, the kid's like 10 years old, 
and then she's she assumes that she is Mike's fiance because yeah. she right she's talking yeah. about her yes. wedding. And there's yeah the facts uh, that that was kind of a bad those are a couple of bad assumptions yeah but you know what they say about assuming no Zach Holly. what's that <laughs> and the next morning Betty is at Holly's mom's house so Betty can ask her mom to cater her wedding <laughs> you know um, Betty was just engaged to her fiance the night before and it's really weird Luke because. And Scott, we've all, you know, gone through the whole engagement process. The very first thing we did after me and Kelsey were engaged, the next day, we got up and we went and found ourselves a caterer. Hey, people, people uh, got to eat. Priorities. The day after. Just, I woke up in the morning bright and early, 7 o'clock. Oh, oh, we're late. We got to go find a caterer. <laughs> they were not engaged the night that she told Mike. It actually says that that was a few yeah. days later. So okay. there's been some time that has passed since right. uh, it's been, they were engaged. It's been maybe so three or four been... days. And then yeah. Betty... So, I mean, that's oh, hey, completely legit. Okay, fine. Let's say the other reason why that they were there. One was to find the caterer, and then Holly's mom goes, Oh, we're nailing down the menu for the concession stand. Yes! It's a concession stand. What menu do you have to nail down? Oh, there's all kinds of deliciousness that you can put on a concession stand. That's stupid. Once again, Zach, I think you have the wrong understanding of what's going on here. Like, this is a legit uh, uh, operation. This isn't like some shabby, like, we're going to sell some candy bars on the street. You know, that was really... Baked goods and Christmas joy. You're right. It was so... That's why I was blown away by the light show. But please, don't let me get ahead of myself. Um, (laughs) Betty also asks Holly to be her wedding photographer. But Holly goes, I can't do that because last night... Your fiance made a pass on me. Again, groundless assumptions. <laughs> she has she has no proof of this. She literally could have just typed in Betty's name on Facebook the night before, back when she was posting Rudolph up there trying to find its owner. That's, by the way, what they're doing with the stuffed Rudolph. She could have been like, okay, I got my Rudolph ad up. But listen, if she's thinking, if she's thinking that some... uh, Mike and Betty are married and Mike comes up and asks her out for a date that night, yeah, she's been hit on. But, but my, my, my thing is, Scott, I'm, I'm single. I'm a single city girl in the country. And I'm walking through town and my ex comes up and he's like, hey. Did you get my good side? And then I said something stupid like, they're all good sides. Then he goes, you want to go get some tea with me because you're a monster who doesn't know how to drink coffee? And then I'd be like, oh, um, no, thank you. Thanks for showing me the spit and fish light display. And then I would go home and search, Mike, who's he dating? Oh, nobody. But I thought she was engaged to Betty. Betty, who's... Oh, look at that. She's dating Betty. Hey, are we sure... How lovely is that? Are we sure that Facebook was around back then? Was it not MySpace? She posted... She Okay. MySpace, Facebook, they all had the relationship status, Scott. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she is old enough to, first of all, believe that Mike has a 10-year-old. The last time they saw each other was 18, so that at least puts her at 28. She's roughly our age. Not only that, but she's old enough to have a reputation that this magazine wants to hire her as their photo editor. That's a plot point that's coming up, listeners. She should be mature enough to know, okay, maybe I should take five seconds 
before potentially destroying this girl's life before breakfast and get my facts straight before making this accusation. Maybe, but you know, when you're distraught, she's not hard, distraught. Hard to think they, she hates Mike. Things. She is distraught. This is stupid. No, she doesn't really hate Mike. She's, she's, she's she she likes to tell. She's still she in love with Mike. Him. She also finds out from this little conversation Holly does this conversation with Betty that Mike is single and ready to mingle. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So during this whole thing, there's a B story that's going on that we should mention. Al Borland, who apparently moved to Mississippi following the cancellation of pool time. <laughs> oh, gotta love Al. Is Mac is Mackin on Holly's mom? <laughs> oh, is that pool, the guy from? Uh, I didn't know his name. That's the guy from Tool Time. Yeah, yeah. Home Improvement. And then during a spicy egg dog exchange, and I say spicy because the mom added some extra cinnamon. Holly graciously gives her mom permission to date again. That's good. She's 28 years... No, it's not good. She's 28 years old. She... All right, we're not talking about a 15, 16-year-old that's going to have to deal with it. She hadn't been home for Christmas for years. She's trying to encourage her mother. No, she's pompous and like, well, listen here, my liege. (laughs) I shall grant you... (laughs) I hope you never go out in the real world because I feel like your expectations for society are just too high. No. This movie's expectations for society is just too high. That's why I didn't like it. It's because it doesn't capture society. Life is hard, Zach, which is why she tells her mom, she gives her mom permission. Because if you were a mom, and even if your kid was like 28, you know, you would, and you started dating again, there would always be like the worry in the back of your mind that your kids would think that you were like replacing their father. No. So the fact care. that she gives her permission is like it's it speaks to the the difficult realities of life and the complexity of of personal relationships even between um, mother and daughters at older ages. No, what it speaks to is bad writing, because that's what this movie is. The only thing speaking is bad lines, bad writing, and zero chemistry between <laughs> the daughter and the mother. Did you just say the show was was lying? There's there's been some lies on this program, but I don't know that they are coming from the movie. Here, here, back. Back <laughs> back to Holly. Mike invites Holly over for mac and cheese. Yes. Not Marry him. Not dinner. Mac and cheese. While at mac and cheese, the kid, who, by the way, is Mike's nephew. Mike is just watching him because his dad's a soldier. The kid learns that his dad is overseas. And isn't going to make it home for Christmas. Why? Because a big storm is rolling in and they just can't make it. It happens. They're in Afghanistan. They've got military-grade equipment. I'm 100% sure they would be able to get out. Maybe maybe there's a hurricane in Afghanistan I don't know about. Hey, there's a long distance from Afghanistan to Gulfport, Mississippi. So you never know where that storm may have been. Not only that, but when he was on the phone, Christmas is two days away. He's on the phone. The sun's shining. The sky's blue. Why aren't they leaving now? Which, by the way, one of my only problems with the movie is peak leaf season is like late October to early November, and they obviously filled this in the summer. (laughs) See, I was wondering about that, too. Does Mississippi have changing leaves? Yep, I looked that up today. Can I just say that this is a very classic, very uh, well uh, attested to storyline, or not attested to, but well um, 
revered storyline. You have the the woman who gets her heart broken in the small town. She goes off. She goes and, and is now successful at her career. And then she returns home for some event or whatever and runs into her ex-boyfriend. <clears throat> and then she's forced to make the decision between pursuing her career, staying at home, and cherishing all of the family things. And yes. she makes the wrong decision, but then she comes back and makes the right decision in the end, and everybody falls in love. You're right. This movie is just like every other unoriginal piece of crap that Hallmark puts out 37 times <clears throat> a year. Anyways. But they're all good. So, the dad's not coming. Why, why do you think they, why do, you think they do this? It's because there's old white, no, there's old white Christian women that don't do anything but watch C-SPAN, Fox, and Hallmark, and they want to keep them on their toes, so they put out the same trek year after year. Never anything different. Never try to actually step up. And this is exactly why I made this show. Because we deserve better. We deserve better clean movies than the same movie with different actors year after year after year. It's trash and it's time that somebody stands up and says this is a sucky movie. <laughs> and I okay. hear stand up, brother. <laughs> then the kid's all sad, but then Holly's like, hey, I know you just met me, but I'm going to give you the best Christmas ever. And by the way, wish upon this star. Maybe, Later folks. on, Mike asks Holly on a real date, and he takes her to a pharmacy that he has the key to. This is incredibly problematic. Why does... No, why does Mike have the key to the town's pharmacy? Why? It's incredibly romantic. No, what is he? He's probably hooked on the oxy. Because he's the pharmacist. Then he's probably stealing them and 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 muling them out of Mississippi. He's That's where all the drugs the in drugs Southern Ohio are coming from, Mississippi. Because Mike's down there at the drugstore, packing up all the all the class one narcotics and shipping them up north. He's a terrible person. It's a small town, Zach. People trust each other. Yeah, and that's dumb. You would not be allowed to move there. You'd be kicked out. So he goes to this pharmacy slash diner. Which, again, he has the key to for some reason. And then he makes her a milkshake and shows her all the pictures on the wall that Holly took during the aftermath of the hurricane. Which I understand this completely. It's why I have a giant poster of 9-11 above my dining room table. Nothing makes me hungrier than disaster. He explains why they're on the wall, I know, Zach. but it's still a crappy choice for food decor. Honey, I think I'm going to get the root... Oh, yeah, that was the house my grandma died in. Okay, I guess I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> After this dance and this Neapolitan ice milkshake, which, by the way, guys, milkshakes are super easy, and they were acting like it was he was baking her like like creme brulee or a souffle that was perfectly set and didn't fall. They're like, oh my goodness, you're so talented for making this milkshake. It's literally two ingredients. It's milk and ice cream and put in a blender. I'm not saying it's not delicious. I'm a fat man. I love me some milkshakes, but I'm just saying the way this movie portrayed the difficulty of milkshakes was not accurate. Oh, see, there's two hearts. They're trying to sell the point of two hearts once again reunited. You know, it's like coming yeah, in, in a small a town, too. Together. Like, everyone has their special recipe. This it's isn't beautiful. like, you know, mass-produced milkshake that you're going to get at Dairy Queen. This is this is small hometown special edition, so you don't know what was in there. After this date, which, by the way, they get home, and they're about to kiss, and then the mom opens the door. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Wouldn't you? She said, I saw headlights. <laughs> Okay. Building anticipation. <clears throat> See, normal people are just inching ever so much closer to the end of the couch. No. 
just hanging on every word wow. and scene that's going on in this movie. I was paying attention to my when wife. When are they going to like kiss? These types of movies. When's that moment going to be? percent of the time on her phone, she was so bored. So, yes. Want to know why? Uh, because she's seen it. She's seen it really? 300 times underneath different names. How could she Christmas be bored in with Connecticut, this movie? Georgia for Christmas. Uh, chopping down Christmas trees on Kwanzaa around New Hampshire. Were you giving your commentary while the movie was going on? No, I was... Because you're probably ruining the mood. I was taking vigorous notes and keeping my mouth shut. Vigorous? Oh, dude, I've got like 30 pages notes. of notes. So Holly, after movie. after the almost kiss that her mom interrupts, and then she goes, Which, Thanks, Mom. And she's like, You told me to do it! Why? Why did either of those things happen? Why did she tell her mom to do it? Hey mom, if I get home, to what when she walks, when she's like, when her mom opens the door because she saw headlights, she's like, "Well, you told me to do it, to open the door and interrupt it." What she can, what she can't control herself around Mike. Sometimes wow. you need people to keep you from doing stupid stuff. Wow, she thinks going back to Mike. Thanks, mom. No, she doesn't. She no, 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 <laughs> Mister Fact Check, Mister Fact Check. She wanted she she if if she knows the back of her mind. No, she's no, like, I'm no, 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 no. You have not allowed me to assume. You're yelling right now. No, you have not allowed me to assume one time this entire movie. You're not allowed to assume either. This mom would have been more than happy if Holly came back from that first date pregnant with a ring on her finger. <laughs> Holly So are you on team Mike yet? That- I'm on team Please let this movie be over That's what I'm on team of You know what? You guys are both so full <laughs> of it And the There's audience can tell and excitement right now. Holly realizes at this point That she's in love with Mike I mean they've hung out for I'm two days So she totally knows She's known him for years <sighs> I do not care She hated him when she got into the town Again, she didn't really hate him. But then she gets a... She really loved him. But thi- A lot. I'm going to punch you right in the... T- mm. But then she gets a call from her editor telling her that she needs to fly back on Christmas Eve and get into the office if she wants her promotion That the editor of this newspaper because her boss's Christmas vacation begins the day after Christmas. Plot twist. I'm a big believer of capitalism. I think it works. I think it's great. But Walmart closes on Christmas. And if not Christmas Eve, Walmart closes on Christmas. No, it, she was she had to get there Christmas Eve so she could go into the office on Christmas. I went back and re really? and rewatched I it. It was Christmas. No, Eve. I went back and rewatched it. The actual quote was: "The bosses are only going to be here. Their vacation starts the day after Christmas." Wow, it's, hey, it's not. Could be life. Yeah, but if, if you're a photographer, you got to work on holidays because that's when all the you know the holiday shots happen. So they're probably used. Yeah, to Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I, I keep remembering every January I pass by the magazine aisle, and the three magazines that are still in business are just filled with holiday shots. <laughs> Holly has a choice to make. Because she knows it's impossible for a professional woman to have a relationship and a job. So, she dumps Mike like a sack of bricks. Kid's sad because Holly promised him the best Christmas ever because his dad, a veteran, 
isn't going to be able to come home for Christmas because of the world's largest Afghani snowstorm. Sandstorm. Have you ever tried to fly a plane in a sandstorm? I've never tried to fly a plane, Luke. What a stupid question. Did you ever try to land a helicopter? Yeah, in a couple sandstorms. It's hard. Can't get home for Christmas. What a great teaching tool to take a look to talk to others. Why can't she have a job and a relationship? You've got time to correct them. This is a demanding. No, but that does. Angeles. That'd be hard. Okay, Mike was willing to move from Nashville to Gulfport. Why wouldn't he? If he truly loves this woman, you're telling me he wants to build a life with this woman she's not worth moving to Los Angeles for? He's he's part of this town. I don't care. I'm not going to be married to the... He's not wanting to marry this town. He's wanting to marry this girl. Well, Mike never actually says that he won't move. It's her that decides that it's one or the other. My favorite part is when she looks at the kid, though, and she's like, are you leaving, Holly? She's like, I sure am. Suck it up, Buttercup. No Christmas well, for you. I like you. how she lies to him at she lies to him at the dinner table. Yeah, that too. <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be there." No, she's not gonna. I'm be gonna there. go out. I'm, we're gonna. <laughs> so she packs her bags for L.A. She's not gonna be there for Christmas. But on the way to the airport, Holly receives a response to her stuffed Rudolph ad. And wouldn't you know it, Rudolph belongs to the granddaughter of this resort owner, who's. Who and he, this guy built this resort after the hurricane to bring jobs and money to the town? And why would you build such a fancy resort in such a small town that was destroyed by a hurricane? Well, it's because he saw one of Holly's pictures, and it reminded him of his home for the first time in ages. And even though he was halfway around the world, and we know this because he says it three times. I was halfway around the world when I saw your picture, and even though I was halfway around the world, I flew halfway around the world to get back. <laughs> See, look at how right. tragedy would now, bring I'm, people I'm more to concerned their with the fact and that he wanted to, to build ones. a Gulf Coast resort, and it took him seeing a picture to remember that he was born in a town on the Gulf Coast or the Gulf Coast. Yeah, I mean, don't you see like the, no. what's happening here? I, like I, I, the photo is the photo has has brought him back after making the mistake that Holly is about to make. So he's telling her, I mean, uh, not telling her directly, but what's being communicated is don't make the same mistake I did yeah, and leave this yeah, town. Yeah, don't make because otherwise you're going to want to come back because you're not you're not going to appreciate your home. Don't don't make and then don't, you're going to get old around, like me and you're going to realize that you need something to pull you don't back. Don't go around the world and make billions of dollars and be successful and then have the ability because you left this town to make billions of dollars to come back and help the town that was ravished by a hurricane. And by the way, I know that I work in hospitality, which is truly like a shot in the dark whether or not it be successful. But thank God it was here, and I'm still making millions upon millions on the back on the, uh, the back breaking work and the sweat of the little tiny towns folks that I step on every single day. Man, <laughs> I am so glad I'm back home. I've got my grandma shoveling coal down in the boiler room. We don't even have a boiler in this hotel, but I built it special just for her, just to watch her old self suffer. Ah, come home, Holly. Clearly a misrepresentation of everything. Family. I'm not arguing that, Family. but the movie, if that's the lesson they're trying to convey, did a real terrible job at it. 
Well, he's found a way to balance both, right? He's I he probably it. isn't the wisest financial decision. Or he's probably not going to make the most profits in Gulfport, but he returns because he is balancing the the I disagree with business side just, and the family side. So you see the parallel. No, I don't see Holly the parallel. Has to come back because instead of putting Holly's going to do the same thing. And she's going to balance the business and instead of putting his casino resort, which by the way, I I really hope there's no. It's not a casino. Yes, it is. It is. It is. It's not. You know. Read the no, you're, read the you're, you're read the read the story that this was based on. It is a casino resort. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I promise you, the real thing that this was inspired this movie is a casino resort that was built in Gulfport, Mississippi, in order to bring the town back. I really hope there is no susceptible people to gambling addiction because man, his generosity really just kind of screwed those people over, right? But as you, as you can see, there aren't any because there's no homeless people. Of course not. It's such a bad movie. So anyways, she gives Rudolph back to the Scrooge McDuck's daughter. Scrooge. And Holly realizes... You're the only Scrooge in this episode. And Holly realizes that taking pictures is more important than taking a cushy job in L.A. And decides to stay. The light, mm-hmm. the light show goes off without a hitch. Al Borland and the mom get together. Mike and Holly make out in front of everyone and make everybody kind of uncomfortable. And then, I'm sorry. No, it was not a little kiss. They were small on each other's tongues. It was a little kiss. They had waited a long time. Yeah, they had been I know. Interrupted many times. Leave some room for Jesus is all I'm saying. And then this is the part that really got me, because oh, well, this was it. in front of the town's children. <laughs> First of all, the main little kid pushes his way to the front of the crowd. Just shoves kids over left and right. Excuse me. Just because you say excuse me doesn't mean you just get to shove your way up to the front, you little snot. Second of all, he goes up to Santa, or who they think is playing Santa, Alvin Chris, who, by the way, is the creepiest individual I've ever seen in a movie. And Santa looks down at the little boy, and he removes his beard. Revealing that he's actually the kid's dad. On the surface, all one of those cute little welcome home movements. But then I thought, what if I was the parent of one of the kids in the crowd whose dad isn't coming home? And they just watched Santa rip his beard and hat off and reveal that he's just a normal guy destroying Christmas for them forever. Now see... Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Should we so sacrifice the innocence of the town's children for the happiness happen of one child? Now, Megan and I discussed this very point. So kids know that people dress up as Santa, and then they know that when they reveal themselves not to be Santa, no, that they're, on, they're not Hold they're on not just a second. Santa. Hold on just a second. Yes, a lot of kids do. My two-year-old doesn't. My two-year-old knows Santa. He believes in Santa. And if he sees a guy with a white beard, he is convinced that, that person's Santa. You just ruined Christmas for my son, and I am not okay with it. Yeah, but if the guy removed his beard and it was like somebody's just because dad, I, you, would, you, would ex- you would explain, oh, this isn't actually Santa. This is just him surprising him dressed I'd be up like, as Santa. And then he would be like, oh, Santa's somewhere else. I'd be like, no. It's, it's, no, he's not at the North yeah, Pole. he's at the North he's Pole. He's not we at the North Pole, that. as we see in the next scene. Because we think to ourselves, how in the world did this guy get back to Gulfport, Mississippi, so he could ruin Christmas for the town's children? When he was stuck in Afghanistan because of a storm. Well, Alvin Chris, who, by the way, was chosen to play Santa, turns out he's really Santa. That's the 
stupidest, dumbest, most idiotic plot point in any movie. That Santa just pops up at the last minute and Santa's a creepy dude with a bad beard? Hold up. You didn't know before that that he was Santa? He was Santa? playing Santa. He made the... He made the lights come on. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious. No, he didn't. He grabbed the lights at the same time that that guy plugged it in. No. The movie showed that. No. No. I mean, yes, that's, he, did. he did. No. Because Mike couldn't no. get it to work in. It wasn't no. just a matter of plugging it no. in. Santa no. Santa It was no. magic. No. 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 You don't just get a run out of movie. Go, we need to have something extra in here and shoehorn Santa in at the end. He was in it from the very this beginning. Is, this... Yeah, I called this when I was watching it with Megan. I was like, he's gonna, yeah. be, he's gonna end up being Santa. I mean, just look at him. No. And then so he, you know, he fixes lights, and you're like, oh, okay, that's your it. anger no. and closed mind and it caused you to miss this. No. No. You don't get it. You, no. if, if the Polar Express came along, no. you would not hear the bell. I, did, I could give a fart about the Polar Express. That creepy abomination of a movie. Tom Hanks CGI <laughs> still giving me nightmares. No, you don't just toss Santa in at the end of a movie. That's dumb. That's dumb. They didn't toss him in. It was a plot point that they developed. They didn't develop it. That's no, 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 no. They sure didn't. Yes, yes, no. yes they did. I had to watch this stupid thing twice. They did not deserve that plot How twist. How did you miss that? I mean, Holly asked him, were you down here visiting family? <laughs> All right. <laughs> A year later, Mike proposes to Holly, and they make out in front of everyone again, making people uncomfortable. Yeah. The end. Yeah. No one's uncomfortable. Okay, real quick, we need to talk about the mom's undiagnosed mental illness. She has clearly some sort of undiagnosed Christmas OCD or PTSD that was brought on by the death of the dad. Hey, these special memories. Everything is a memory to that woman. She'll pick up a crumb off the floor and be like, oh, this fell out of your dad's beard. Everything's a- so memories are a disease. Hey, can we t- Christmas joy is a disease. I'm sorry, but when you have nobody visiting your house for Christmas, no one. Because your daughter's too busy to care about you traveling the world. But you have this massive plantation home, and you decorate it like it's going to be on the Parade of Homes tour. And you say the words, I love decorating. I think that you need to be locked up in the loony bin. There's something wrong. Why did she say she liked decorating? Because it reminded her. Of her mom, her grandma, her husband, all those great memories that she had. Now, I agree with you. She's a little OCD when it comes to decorations. I mean, that's just, it was a little overboard. But I do that all the time. I do things because it reminds me of people I love. Well, you have a disease then. I guess. I guess. No, I'm not saying I don't enjoy Christmas decorations. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I enjoy putting them up. Okay, so so to the listeners, any widows out there, what Zach is saying is if you live alone, they, during Christmas time, you should sit in your undecorated, dark, unlit no, home. No, go down to... Uh, because you should go down to... To do otherwise would be to d- diagnose yourself with a disease. That's exactly what I'm saying. Or just go down to Gulfport. They'll put on an, an underwhelming Christmas light display for you. 
It was three trees that had digital lights set up to some iPhone. Don't tell me that it was that impressive. And not only that, but during it, it starts with like, oh, come all ye faithful, this beautiful instrumental just wonderful song. And I was like, okay, I can get on board at least with this part. And then it fades out to this weird acoustic silent night. And then it fades back into Oh Come All Ye Faithful again. Are you confident that we saw all of the lights at the end? No, I'm confident we didn't because they kept saying, hey, look at the spit and fish. All I wanted to do was see the spit and fish. Yeah, there, there was, was no spit and fish at the end there. And you couldn't make it out when they showed him. I was kind of wanting to see that too. But it didn't hurt the movie, not a bit. Oh, it, come on. If they had shown it all, then people wouldn't go down to the real golf that, court to see the real life that, show. But the sound editing in that final scene was trash. Come on. Be at least a little bit. That switch from Oh Come All Ye Faithful to Silent Light to back to Oh Come All Ye Faithful was bad. Okay, you're right. You're right. That, you know what? You're right. According to you two, this is the most impeccable movie of all time. What I saw was human fecal matter drying on my television screen. But you two, man, this must have been the greatest day ever. This is basically just you the what, my movie of all movies. a whole lot better when I watched this today. And then I watched it again. I just, I loved it. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> it was... After watching Battlefield Earth and all the movies that you've you've forced us to watch, I just finally felt good about walking away from a movie. Okay. It's like there's hope in the world again. I just even though John Travolta tried to steal every it from me. single cliche that they could shove into this movie is there. She gets dressed up in that red dress, looking just gorgeous Stunning. as ever. Stunning. Walks halfway down the steps and then stops. That's dumb. Nobody does that. Stop it. Giving your date a chance to look at you, Zach. And why is it, according to the mom, pie always the answer? Anytime something comes up in this movie that's even slightly difficult, it's pie. Second of all, she's stringing popcorn onto a piece of string for the Christmas tree. I did that as a kid. That was fun. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good memory. Her, her daughter takes a bite of it. She's like, ugh, unbuttered popcorn. What is this garbage, mom? And then she's like, huh, I made you a whole nother one of buttered popcorn. And then they're talking. Then they both start stringing. And Holly starts putting the buttered popcorn on the string. That's going to stink. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> she never changes the bowl. And not only that, but tree's they, gonna be greasy. they do this weird cooking montage, and everything comes out looking like Martha Stewart's dreams, just piling on everything's garnished for a small meal that they're going to have with four people. And then they start buttering rolls that are clearly Pillsbury flaky layer rolls. That's what they are. You don't need to butter those. They're already delicious. This is Mississippi. You need to butter everything. Butter your pie, butter your turkey, butter your rolls. <laughs> and then my last problem with this movie is Mike's proposal. His line is, Holly, the moment I saw you, I knew I couldn't wait one more minute to ask you to be my wife. Literally, we just saw a sign that said one year later. <laughs> you waited a whole year to ask her. What do you mean? The moment you saw her, you couldn't wait one more moment for her you to be... That's... This is stupid. He's got to make sure she's sure. Yeah. Sometimes you feel things in your heart and they're not like culturally like the typical way. And so you, you just go with the cultural route. And how about the route? How about the proposal poster? Will you marry him? 
Man, that was a nice touch <laughs> by Jack. I love that. That's stupid. No, Jack's just the best child. But here's the thing about that, though, too. And it bugged me. Will you marry me? All right? That is one of the most common questions in popular culture. Right? Every sitcom has an engagement. Will you marry me is in all the books. Will you marry me is a common question. How is Jack, who's so worldly and wise, not able to write the right question on the banner? Jack, do you need help? Are they sending you to school? Is Mike keeping you in the closet like you're from the Goonies? Just chaining you up, feeding you baby Ruths? What is wrong with you, Mike? Blink three times, you need to be rescued. I'm here for you, Mike. It's a, it's a glimpse into the purity and the anticipation of a young boy who wants to see his uncle and Holly it, get married. It is a glimpse into the mediocre writing that networks like Hallmark and Lifetime think they can peddle off because that's all their all their viewers deserve. That's a glimpse. They're still in business. Exactly. But they are unimaginative. They're contrite garbage. What do you mean Maybe they're the un- story of love? Maybe the story of love is, is consistent Scott, across all I humanity. Guarantee and so these stories resonate continually. In the next three weeks, we're going to see the exact same movie with different actors. Let's get to the rating before I destroy friendships. I'm ready. <laughs> Scott. Can I no. go? Oh, okay. I don't like you right now. Scott, <laughs> you've got 30 seconds. I'm going to give this movie the highest ranking I've given anything since I've been if on If you show. give it a 10, I will never let you come back. Hey, you're, I, what's, what is it? Hey, can I have that off? What, what, is it, what is it they say on the uh, uh, Senate floor? Redeem my time. Redeem my time. Yeah. Redeem my time. Okay, well, hey, in that I joke, gave, you just lost 15 seconds, so you better hurry up. I... I gave this movie a 9.5. I absolutely loved it. It's a good feel story. It's good for the family. Wonderful to watch at Christmas. Sit down. Enjoy it. Don't don't read too much into it. Just enjoy the story. 9.5. Excellent. Luke. So I felt really warm in my heart after watching this movie. And there was only two real faults that I could find. Number one. It's clear that she never took a photo in her life. <laughs> she has both eyes open. When she's looking through the viewfinder, it's it's weird. And the second was the buttered popcorn, actually. She was stringing buttered popcorn. So with those two half points off, I'm at a nine, and I would definitely encourage everyone to pick this movie up and, and watch it. You'll just feel better about life, humanity. You'll feel like there's hope in the world again, and it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to move up to a 9.25 on that. As Christmas in Mississippi has made incredibly clear to me, the arts are dead, and anyone with $10, a camera, and an actress with a pretty face but minimal talent can make a movie. The story was bland, the sound editing was laughable, and more than any movie that we have watched on this show for the first time, I have felt that watching it actually took something from me. It sucked out a piece of my soul and returned it cold and dead. And I do not know if I will ever be able to revive it again. The only thing left for me to hope for is the sweet embrace of the Grim Reaper 
as I pass from this mortal coil and accept my heavenly reward. I go into paradise with the solace of knowing that when the Lord comes again, he will destroy the world, and this movie is part of that world. There will come a time when Christmas in Mississippi ceases to exist, and that, and only that, is the thing that has given me even the most minuscule amount of motivation to claw out of my bed every morning since I have seen this abhorrent, pathetic, and malicious attempt at visual entertainment. So in conclusion... I give it a three. Can I make a comment about your your comments? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were. You know, have you know how 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 this movie's like all happy and nothing goes wrong and everything ends up happy in the end. Like heaven is going to be like that. So it's probably just going to be like this movie on repeat in heaven. Just racist and whitewashed. <laughs> 7.25, man. We have a certified a righteous, righteous. I would love to tell you that there are some reviews on Amazon, good or bad, that were funny enough to read, but literally on Rotten Tomatoes or Amazon, there are none. But good news, guys. There is a movie tour in Gulfport, Mississippi you could go on. Okay, this is from Coastal Mississippi, the secret coast. Christmas in Mississippi Film Trail. From our dazzling light displays to headline holiday entertainment at our casino resort properties, Christmas celebrations in coastal Mississippi are quite unlike anything. In fact, our secret coast seasonal festivities made their way to the small screen in 2017 lifetime holiday hit, using that word loosely, Christmas in Mississippi. Filmed on location at Gulfport. The movie follows yada 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 yada. You can go to the Island View Casino Resort. There you go. Island View Casino Resort is what that resort was based on. And that's where they stuck their faces up against those grubby little binocular things that you stick a quarter into and get a staph infection. <laughs> is that how you see the world, Zach? I think it's gross. I think they're gross. I don't want to put my face up against things that other people's faces have been up against. It's gross. Listen to this. Re relive this magical moment and soak in one of the best views the Secret Coast has to offer on the Island View's Beach Tower Lookout Deck. Make your visit an extended stay in one of our resort's 970 luxurious rooms and suites while enjoying nearly 2,700s of the hottest slots. Gamble away your livelihood. Go ahead. Gamble it away. It's super fun. Merry Christmas. You won't be able to afford presents this year because Daddy's got a problem. Wow. Okay, so this movie is righteous. Real good. Real good. It's not... Or as guys, they say in Mississippi, it's, it's real good. It is, you should watch it. Yes. We're down here in a swamp. Luke's ability... Watch this movie. Support our economy. Luke's ability to rate films is just as good as his ability to do southern accents. <laughs> so... With that That's in not mind, true at all. Hey, fun. His southern accent fun sucked. <laughs> fun fact if you go to Gulfport, you can also take a little excursion to uh, Cat Island, which is just off the coast, about uh, five, five miles. If you Cat go Island, to Gulfport, I, go. I would love for you to look around there and realize that just outside that picturesque little town square and the casino that they showed is probably a bunch of people living in poverty and squalor because they're too busy That's an assumption. putting lights up. 
That's an assumption like Holly made, and she was wrong. Okay. Wonder if we can look that up. I can. Uh, twenty-four point eight. That is so <laughs> high. <laughs> Hold on, maybe that's not the right. No, number. that's I. I got uh, the same see. thing. U.S. Census Bureau, Gulfport, <laughs> Mississippi, has a median household income. That means both people thirty-seven thousand eight hundred eleven dollars per capita income in the past twelve months. Twenty-two to ninety-four persons in poverty. Twenty-four point eight percent. Yep, this movie was just a sparkling representation of that town. Oh, that probably is the, mostly the suburbs and and the people that live out on Cat Island. Yeah, I wish now I hadn't asked that question. Okay, what's the crime rate in Gulfport, Mississippi? Fifty six per one thousand re- residents. With a crime rate of 56 per 1,000 residents, Gulfport has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime in Gulfport, Mississippi is 1 in 18. Wow. Sounds to me like they should put up some more Christmas lights. Yeah, they put that money to good use. (laughs) <laughs> Zach's found his vindication here. Yep. Okay, now that we know that Gulfport, Mississippi is not fairly represented in Christmas in Mississippi, and my worldview's just a little bit more accurate than these two yahoos. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe there's... Facts are subjective. I believe there is good in this world, I truly do, but I also don't believe that we have to sugarcoat our media in order to show that there's good in this world. Tell me true stories, warts and all, and make me feel good. Our next terrible Christmas movie that we'll be watching (laughs) next week is called The Borrowed Christmas. I would like to rent a Christmas. Oh, good. He's renting Christmas. This is going to be great. Why not? What kind of Christmas would you like? It must start the afternoon before Christmas. Oh, my goodness. And last through Christmas night. This is dumb. And it must be a beautifully decorated tree. I hate it so much. Christmas presents. Okay. Christmas carols. It works. Those are child laborers. We haven't gotten to the most important things yet. There needs to be five children. Should the younger children be <laughs> Daddy's home! Two girls and a boy. That kid does not want to hug that man. <laughs> Hi, Daddy! I'm Look s- at the tree, Daddy! I am the oldest so... are just coming home for the holidays. Jack! Gee! Merry Christmas! I, this looks weird. I'm so uncomfortable and about this. Oh, why? Oh? Who, Mommy? Who, gross? John Darling. Interesting. <laughs> and I think that should do it. What in the what? world did they choose for us to watch? Um, I'm so very confused and concerned. What in the world? That is kind of... <laughs> Interesting. Ugh. Why would you want your... It's looking like another nine. I hate you both so much. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. I don't know what was going on there. I, I... No way it'll be as good as the one we just watched. And then the elevator... Yeah, no, I promise you. The elevator music in the background, and then he's like expressionless. As I would like... Are coming I would like a bunch of small children to hug me that I do not know and call me daddy. <laughs> 
How about a woman that does not look like she wants to be in my presence, but will smile with baked goods and kiss me? Great. Who do I make the checkout to? Yes, that's right. I'm a billionaire. That's going to do it for us. I, for the first time, regret to say we'll be back, God willing, next week. Until then, remember to say your prayers and obey your parents. But real quick before we go. Hey, Luke. Yes. Why was the tomato red? The potato? The tomato. Oh. Um. I don't know. Because he saw the salad dressing? <laughs> so he was... <laughs> that poor that poor tomato he was blushed <laughs> and that joke right there was 10 times better than this movie oh. alright thank you guys <laughs> we'll see you next week wait 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 this isn't over yet stop the music hi there I'm Zach Geiler joined with Luke Taylor and we are dreaming of a wife Christmas if you thought the show was over, you're wrong. Because it's time for a brand new segment, Wife Chat. Wife Chat. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Oh, no. Again. <laughs> thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate you both allowing us to interview you, then put your name on the podcast to reach a larger audience, selfishly benefiting from your uh, admittedly much larger social media footprint than we have. Luke won't, you know, support us on To Be Like Christ, so uh, we're going to have to do it this way. I'm going to hijack his Nobody wife's followers. that channel anyway. That is true. That's true. I watch it. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, boy, am I excited to be here. Oh boy, Thanks for having oh me back. <laughs> it's going to be such a fun time. You both, I'm sure, are strong supporters of the podcast already. So my first question should be easy. What's your favorite episode and give specific reasons why? Do I have to answer that? No, Luke, you don't. Oh. I like the one about the movie that about Devil because I walked in like right in the middle of it and scared the bejeebies out of you. That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that. That was that was quite good. Are you waiting on me to answer? I, I am. It's a trap. I, I know that neither it's one of trap. you listen to the podcast yeah. because one of uh, one of the uh, things I can look at on our RSS feed is which countries look at it. So I know whenever Guam pops up, rarely, to say, oh, look, Luke is trying to improve himself just a little bit better by listening to the podcast this week. I just listened to your, to your trailer video this morning, but I listened on Facebook, so you don't have those stats. See, it's, so it's, it's skewed. Yeah. I don't, I don't post it on Facebook. I just post three-minute trailers. To get the full episode, you have to use the RSS feed. We thought it would be a fun idea to do something a little bit different, as our listeners know, and, and that is to allow you guys to pick this or, or allow you guys to pick the movies this month that we're watching for uh, Hallmark Christmas Movie Month. And I gave two stipulations. Just two. One, it had to be a Hallmark Christmas movie. And two, it had to be a movie you haven't seen before. So my question is this. Of the four movies you guys picked, zero of them are Hallmark movies. What is? So why what is? is the stereotype that men are the ones who are bad at following directions? Why is that the stereotype, do you think? I thought Christmas in, I don't even remember what it was called. Christmas in Mississippi? Christmas, 
I think it is. It's a lifetime actually, movie. A Hallmark movie. It's a lifetime. I thought that was. Lifetime I thought it was movie. Hallmark. It says Hallmark on Amazon. The Spirit of Christmas, I'm pretty sure, is Hallmark. Thank you. The Spirit of Christmas is an independent film company. Yeah, it had to be. I promise I'll watch this on Hallmark. And the Operation Christmas Drop is a Netflix movie original. And no one knows when the world borrowed Christmas was. (laughs) That's... That was a a basement production. We just finished watching Christmas in Mississippi. I sent you both a copy of The Rotten and Righteous Scale earlier, but here's a quick refresher. We rate on a scale of 1 to 10. And if the average of the movie we rate falls between a 1 and a 5, like Holly's Buttered Popcorn Garland, by Christmas Day, it's rotten. (laughs) And if the movie falls to 6 to 10... Well, then it's like how I feel when this movie was finally over. Or how I felt when this movie was finally over. Righteous. So, Kelsey, because I'm married to you and I'm obligated, give us your rating for this movie and why you're giving it. I think considering the genre of it, I think it's like a nine and a half or a nine. And the reason why is because it hits every single point of what a Hallmark movie should be. Yeah, except for being a Hallmark movie. Well, <laughs> that's the half point. In in the realm of all of those films, it crappy is right movies. Up there. No, movies that you love, even though you know the ending to it, you still love it. That's dumb. <laughs> that's such a waste of time. Why? Why do I want to see the same story over and over again, just with different characters in a setting? Because you enjoy sappy movies. What can I say? I don't. <laughs> I was the only did Zach, one. That... Did he tear up a little bit while he was watching this? Yes, because I hated my life. <laughs> I wept openly, going, "Why do I have to watch this?" So far, we're uh, three to one people that rated this like in the nines. And uh, did you rate it a nine? You're the only one, Zach, that Listen. hates this movie. That tells our listening audience that our host's opinion is not always worthy of being heeded. But they already know that. They've listen, watched and listened to the show. In a, in a herd of idiots, you got to be brave to stand up with your intelligence. <laughs> and don't fold over with peer pressure. <laughs> All right, Megan, how about you? Um, I would say nine and a half. I would give it a ten, but the guy at the end ruined Christmas for everybody. <laughs> and it really made me upset. Yes! <laughs> Santa, and then took his stuff off, and I was really upset about that. Thank so. you nice. so much, because I got destroyed by Scott and <laughs> no, no. for bringing I that told point you, up. I told you that Megan agreed with you on this point. Now, I think it's a, a bad critique, but... Because, number um, one, the little boy pushes himself to the front of the crowd like he's he's King Poop at Turd Mountain. He's sitting there just shoving people to the side left and right. It's just saying, excuse me, doesn't mean you can cut the line, you little snot. And then, two... <laughs> He gets up there, and, and yeah, the Santa takes his beard off. If my kid is sitting there on my shoulders going, I can't wait to see Santa, and then it just turns out to be a veteran. I love our troops, but don't dress up as Santa to be your surprise homecoming. It's messed up. You can't fix the psychological damage those poor little kids are suffering watching Santa just rip his beard off. All right, is there any other things that you want to point out about this movie? I know that you're all wrong, but other than that... uh. Is there any... Hey, son. 
son, daddy's recording. He can't hear um, you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys stopping by and doing this stupid podcast. And I look forward to talking to you guys again Bye. next week. Of course. Glad to be here. Okay. <laughs> Kelsey, I expect dinner on the table when I get home. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Chinese it is. <laughs> This is the real conclusion, episode 26. Remember to always obey your parents and say your prayers. But real quick before we go, hey, Megan, what does Christmas have to do with a cat lost in the desert? I have no idea. They both have sandy claws. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 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 Oh, I get it. you never got in the real world because i feel like your expectations for society are just too high no this movie's expectations for society is just too high that's why i didn't like it it's because it doesn't capture society it captures this norman rockwell this is what i want to believe society is but in reality society is hard society will punch you across the mouth and make you spit a tooth society would mean her mom has aids and is dying upstairs and forrest gump's not able to spend time with jenny but he has a son life's like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get